Hey, y'all. It's us here. Uh, this is going to be a real time one. I'm sure like all of you were sitting with the news that Roe has been overturned. We knew it was coming. Doesn't necessarily prepare you for what's happened. Mm. And for all of you who are in places where your safety is directly impacted, the safety of people you love is directly impacted. We're with you. Um, we're not experts or leaders on reproductive justice. And so we'll talk about reproductive justice a little bit, but we really want to focus this conversation on allyship and how do we understand this as people who are building liberatory consciousness and deciding mm -hmm. how we want to focus our energy and our action. Um, so we're going to be processing in real time. This is not scripted. We didn't have a, a plan for this. Um, in some cases we'll be speaking in draft and you may see us, you know, pause or whatever, just to like sit with the weight of what's being said, uh, as many of you probably are too. Um, so it's just, how are you feeling right now, Allison? Oh, mm. mm. I, yeah. I mean, I feel like I am still processing this decision and I'm processing like everything that made this decision possible. Um, kind of in recent history and an even longer term history. And I'm really actually sitting with something you said just literally just before you press record, which was, I know a lot of people who owe their lives to abortion. And I'm just like, yeah. ah, I do too. And like the profundity and simplicity of that statement, I'm actually just really sitting with of like how, how important um, a medical intervention abortion is. Um, yeah. so yeah, that's just what I'm sitting with right now. Yeah. Um, I've been watching Corey Bush and mm. she keeps saying it, abortion is healthcare. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, there's this framework from, uh, Henry Giroux called the politics, the biopolitics of disposability. Mm. And, you know, these folks are supposedly pro-life as long as you're not talking about the life of the person with the uterus. Sure. Yeah. And they show that every day with so many policies. And I think that's, that's the thing that's sitting with me is that this is not just, this is a huge issue, a literal life and death issue. And it is part of a broader agenda that the right has been organizing around for decades, mm -hmm. effectively with a lot of money. Um, and they've been winning, you know, while we were resisting 45, you know, Mitch McConnell was installing not just Supreme Court justices and stonewalling even before that Supreme Court justices, um, but he was installing lower court justices. Yep. And these decisions will continue to have serious everyday life, life and death impacts mm -hmm. on all of us. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is what people of color have been saying to us all this time. I think maybe some of us had grown complacent. And saying, uh, Ijo Malua, as you pointed out in a, a previous episode, talked about what's vital for our survival. And it's easy to forget what the goal of some of these people is, mm -hmm. right? In terms of dismantling women's rights, people who think that affirmative action is racist, right? Mm -hmm. Who mm -hmm. seek to uphold white supremacy. These are the same people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the same coalitions. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and today they won. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. 
there's just such heaviness and thinking about, yeah, the effectiveness of organizing on the side of the right. And like, mm-hmm. while, yeah, center folks, left folks, you know, yeah, we focused on other things, <laughs> yeah. Some, many of which are, you know, important things that this is, this has been humming in the background, like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what you just said gets up a fear that I have, a fear and a, a, a deep frustration, which is this narrative that keeps popping up and I think is gonna gain steam now, that the reason that the left is losing is because of wokeness. Mm, mm. You know, if you read The Intercept, or if you saw Michelle Goldberg's column in the New York Times uh, in the last week, this narrative that the left is losing because we are infighting and we are infighting because of woke identity politics, Mm. and people are making unreasonable demands in the name of ideological purity that make it impossible for folks to do their work. And that Mm. narrative is so fucked. Mm. It is so problematic. It's like the wrong conclusion from the evidence and the wrong conclusion Mm. about what to do, right? And people who say they're calling for nuance, I'm not seeing nuance in most of the commentary on this. And it's worth noting that a lot of that commentary is written by white people, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I gotta, this has been driving me nuts. I gotta speak to it. Cause like the center left is still struggling to own the impact of its own racism mm. and its own heteronormativity, its own trans exclusion. Yeah. It has been struggling to hold space for the very real grievances and accountability that has come up from its left flank. Mm. Is there a dysfunction? Yes. Mm. Do these things come out hot sometimes? Yes. Do we know how to hold that? Absolutely not. (laughs) And that is a thing that we're very fortunate to live in a time when luminaries like Adrian Marie Brown and Natanya Lee and Loretta Ross are offering us a way forward. Yeah. Right. That helps us move with more skill and consciousness. But the answer is not, we need to go back to sacrificing the needs and priorities of people of color in order to win. Yeah. So we got to get better at doing it together. Yeah. I was able to spend some time with the Intercept article. I haven't finished it. So maybe it comes to mm-hmm. a different conclusion, but again, yeah, written by a white person. <laughs> um, and the, the nuance that I took from it, it was not stated nuance, but the nuance that, that I grasped from that is that it's not just wokeness is the problem. It's people within nonprofit organizations or organizing bodies uh, who have less power, both positionally and because of their social identities, asking for (laughs) hard things to be grappled with around social identity and asking, naming that we need more power, we need more resource, we need more of, you know, we need (laughs) to actually have these conversations in skillful ways, being shut down by folks with positional power, leaders within organizations, white people within organizations saying, we don't need to do that. That's not nearly as important as what we are doing externally is what we are, you know, the work we are doing in the outside world. So that's, I just wanted to add that to the mix, having spent a little time with that article of like, yeah, yeah it's it's a different, a different way of getting at kind of what you just said, but it's like, yeah, yeah folks with less power saying, something's fucked, something is up <laughs> that we mm-hmm. need to address. And folks with more power, whether positionally or because of their identities saying, no, that doesn't matter. We don't need to contend with this. We don't, you know, you're, you're the problem. You bringing this up is the problem. 
Thank you for saying that. I think that's a really strong analysis. And it's like, if we, and I'm going to speak a little bit from ignorance here, but like, if we, if we take like reproductive justice and abortion rights as an example of this, it's like, mm. who has defined for most of the last 50 years, the abortion rights agenda, yep. white people, mm -hmm. right? And white people who don't have uteruses too, for the most part. <laughs> yeah. I, um, oh, I sorry, the not the abortion rights agenda. Sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're talking about the the kind of anti-abortion like oh, well, i agree with you about that completely you know i'm talking about like people on the left right like mm -hmm. the like the abortion okay. rights movement right uh, okay. it's been largely white led for most mm -hmm. of its history and yep. in many ways is still very much white led and white dominant right mm -hmm. and folks in the reproductive justice world have been fighting from the margins mm -hmm. for recognition of a broader agenda to say abortion is not our only issue when it mm. comes to having autonomy and sovereignty over our bodies. And for mm. much of that time, people in the establishment had said, that's nice, no thanks. That's mm -hmm. not the priority. We can't win on that. Mm -hmm. um, it's not electable. We can't get it passed. We can't win with a race lens. We can't win with a gender expansive lens. Yeah. Like trans abortion rights. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the win is fine as long as it's on their terms. Mm -hmm. Because like it's mm -hmm. the lowest common denominator, it affects the widest number of people. And that's how we reproduce marginalization in liberal mm -hmm. spaces. And we do it over and over on a bazillion issues. And mm -hmm. like the way I look at it is if we have to reckon about that, we might lose. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean losing is okay. Like this is a big deal. I'm not trying to say that like, oh, it's it's not collateral damage. Like it's mm -hmm. it's a big fucking deal. But mm -hmm. like the way forward is not to go back to what it once was to go back to the same tired, like ghost-like narratives that the, the center left has been using for decades yeah. for a political vision that nobody lives in anymore. Mm. Mm. It's yeah. like, how are we going to build a world for all of us mm. and our bodily sovereignty, right? Which is about so many things in addition to abortion. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which I feel like, yeah, leads me to think about like, okay, what is the action that we take as allies? Yeah. Like what, you know, like this has happened. We, many of us know that this is part of a long history of organizing on the right, well-funded, like you said, mm -hmm. think tanks, et cetera. Yeah. What do we do as allies and specifically as white allies? Because I really want to make sure we focus yeah. on the, the race element of this that people of color with uteruses are going to be far more impacted by this, mm -hmm. not just in the deep South, but all over the country because of yeah. the resources it takes to access an abortion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that's, that's a really important question. Um, I mean, the first thing that we can do is we can look to the BIPOC led organizations that have been leading this fight mm. for guidance and we'll be sharing um, over the next week or so, probably beyond um, commentary and resources from those organizations, mm -hmm. um, looking for guidance from them. We can move money to those organizations. We can move money to the organizations in our states. We can move money to the organizations in the states uh, where this is about to be illegalized and criminalized. Um, that's an easy thing we can do. Um, and just give what you can. Uh, somebody once said to me, and it's always stuck with me, when you give it, you're hurt a little. Mm -hmm. yep. So if that's helpful for anybody, um, it, I found that to be really good guidance. I love and that. Then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think mm. that's, that's thing number one. And like, I mean, we also get to grieve. 
Mm-hmm. I feel a little funny saying that as a person without a uterus, but there's, there's grief in this for me too. Like, like mm-hmm. you said before, like there are a lot of people in my life who owe their lives to abortion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, I don't, I can't distance myself from this just because I live in a state where it is unlikely that abortion will be criminalized again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's still grief. <laughs> there's still rage. There's still tears, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah, whatever we have to do to process what we're feeling so that we can take kind of clear headed action. Yeah. Um, I think from there, it's sort of like, well, what's, what's the strategy, right? Like we don't live single issue lives. There may be actions we can take on the single issue that have impact. And if so, what are those moving money obviously is one. Um, are there phone calls we can make? Is there a direct resistance that we can engage in when invited? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are the calls to action that we're getting from those organizations? And how can we follow them? Um, I know people who in the past when abortion was criminalized across the country, who were part of networks that help people go across state lines and get abortions. Yep. And like for some of us, depending on where we're located or who we're connected to, that might be an option. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously yeah. we want to tread carefully, especially as white people, if we're working with people of color who are directly affected by this, um, not to do things that were, you know, not just not being asked to do, but that could actually reproduce harm. So we have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think but what you're to, saying is so important of like heeding the call of people of color in the reproductive yeah. justice realm that have been pushing for change. Yeah. Historically and like action in present day that is intersectional, you know, that is, that is not geared towards just white people with uteruses who are the least likely to be affected as dramatically. Right. <laughs> folks of color with uteruses. Yeah. Yeah. And also looking at that with a class lens. Yes. Because it's also like it's people who can't afford to travel across state lines. Yep. Yeah. Right. Or who are likelier to be criminalized for traveling across state lines for an abortion, which is. And we know because of how the structure of capitalism and wealth in this country has come to be that that's more likely Mm -hmm. people of color, not exclusively, but more likely. Yeah. Well, that and like the structure of the criminal legal system, right? So there are a lot of people who are under surveillance. Yeah. 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 Um, That's like a whole other branch to go off on when you were talking about, when you first said the word criminalization, criminalization, it was thinking about just the intersection of reproductive justice and abolition that now seeking, you know, uh, reproductive support in the form of abortions are going to be criminalized and how that feeds into the overpopulation of people of color in the the prison system. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Somebody posted That's like a whole other thing that I feel like, yeah, I don't, (laughs) I don't even know that I can speak to that more than what I just said, but like, that's Mm -hmm. coming up for me. Yeah. I saw somebody posted something about a court in Brazil that held a person with a uterus so that they wouldn't get an abortion. Mm. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, like the ways that our court and prison systems already abuse people's rights. Mm. And that will over time be extended to abortion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like which that, is right. So imperative that as allies, yeah, that we, <laughs> we do things that we take action. We feel what we yeah. need to feel, but move to action. Yeah. And I think we also, we need to understand like the so-called pro-life movement and the criminal legal system, both as systems of social control. Mm, mm. Right. And part of our goal as allies should be to dismantle all systems of social control including mm-hmm. ones that may make some of us feel safe at the expense of other human beings. Yep. 
Yeah. And that's, that's, yeah, I feel like the kicker with abolition work that those of us who have benefited most from criminalization or living in a state that's, yeah, <laughs> where criminalization is, is a big part of our society. Um, we have to really contend with that, with what, what notions do we have to work through around what keeps us safe mm-hmm. and at what expense, at whose expense? Yeah, we should definitely at some point have a longer conversation on the show about abolition. And there's yes. Oh, I want a guest. I want a guest to come and talk because yeah. I feel like that's just such a newer learning area for me. And I'm still mm-hmm. grappling with some of that. So yeah, sure. I want I want someone who has some more knowledge to come teach us, <laughs> speak to this. Okay. Uh let's let's keep talking about that. Um another thing that's coming up for me around action is um what are we doing to shift to build power and change systems? Mm-hmm. Right. And like as white folks, I think we've talked about this on the show. It's really easy to like read our books and do our mm-hmm. self-reflection and like try to be good to the people in our immediate circles. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Like we should all be thinking about right now, like how am I actually ignoring an intersectional racial equity agenda in my life? Because yeah. I don't think we can win or because something about it scares me. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I've I've done that. I've mm-hmm. done that to colleagues of mine. Um, yeah. and I regret it. Um yeah. And it's a very natural impulse. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing we should do. And that alone is insufficient, right? When we did our episode on on how do I know I'm an ally and like what's the standard, to me it mm-hmm. comes down to what are we doing to shift power systems and resources? Mm-hmm. And we can do that at work. Mm-hmm. We can do that. In, and it's like, you know, can your workplace actually play a meaningful role in the fight for reproductive justice? Mm-hmm. And what would that take? Yeah. Um, but it's also, what are we doing to build political power? Mm-hmm. And that's a place where like, there are people much smarter, way more knowledgeable than me who have yeah. like, and we should bring some of them on the show and talk to them. I'm yep. um, thinking of some people even we talked to when we got feedback on the idea for the show. Um, mm-hmm. But like, we're organizing out of mutual interest in this. Like we all have a stake in reproductive freedom. We all have a stake in abortion being available as a mode of healthcare. Mm. Um, and again, the same people who are organizing to ban abortion are the and criminalize abortion are the same people who are organizing to deny racial justice and keep people of color in a subjugated position or a society. Yeah. Um, and so we don't have to, we don't have to abandon who we are mm-hmm. or like the different facets of our identity in order to organize for that. We just have to organize smarter. Yeah. So like, where can we build that power? You know, where can we actually get centrist Democrats? the fuck out if they're going to oppose this agenda Mm. and build progressive power and where can we build more of a a shared agenda that's not like this stupid rhetoric about wokeness versus common sense yeah and more about it being we're building a country for all of us and it has never been that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yes 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 oh i definitely am going to be following yeah following commentary closely from folks of color in the reproductive justice realm over the coming days mm-hmm. and weeks to, to learn more about like where folks are actually already doing that work of building political power. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can, yeah, join in that fight in yeah. whatever way it's, it's called for as a white person. Yeah. Um, mm. <sighs> what else is on your mind or in your heart right now? Mm. 
Hmm. I don't even know. So many things. It's a blur. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, we're having this conversation. But yeah, yeah, I think it's just a lot. A lot of things are swirling for me. How about you? I think about the same. Hmm. I think about hmm. the same. But I'm I'm glad we did this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, thank well, you. For, thank you, Allison. And for those who are still listening, you know, this far in, thank you. Um, you know, we want to know what you're thinking and feeling. Send us a DM, send us a video, um, tag us in your post. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to, we want to be in dialogue about this. Yep. Mm. All right, y'all. I think that's it for now. Thank you for watching or listening. Thank you. Mm.